Welcome to the Grey Eye and Disability Arts Online podcast. Bringing together thoughtful discussion and debate. This month's topic is on disability and comedy. Nikki Miles Wilden talks to playwright, comedian, and performance poet Jackie Hagan. This podcast contains strong language throughout. from a very muggy London, uh, Monday morning it is, and uh, I'm here at our Grey Eye Studios, joined by the two-time winner of the Saboteur Best Spoken Word Show Award, the Jeerwood Compton Poetry <laughs> Fellow, Creative Futures Literary Award, and nominated for a winning of the World Award for Creating Lasting Social Change, it is none other than Jackie Hagen. I feel like there should be like Dame Jackie Hagen at the end of that big Dame. Imagine dame. me being a dame. What would you do if you were a dame? I'd walk around in a big nice hat with a brolly. Well, describe the hat. What would the hat look like? <laughs> that would be let's stay on the hat for the whole half hour. <laughs> yeah. The hat would be purple and fluffy and the brolly would be frilly. Nice. Lovely. And that's all you'd wear. And that's yeah, that's all I'd wear, yeah. <laughs> because I'm a dame, don't you know? She's also been called a wicked backstreet wit by the Herald. Do you think they mean wicked like nasty or wicked as in I can't imagine the Herald being like fat, sick, wicked. <laughs> wicked. <laughs> wicked. Well probably with the hat and the bully. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, Jackie Hagen, who has a has a kind of a uh, oh, a, last, a, a long career with Grey Eye, like a long relationship. You were on Well, it was the start of a while ago, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. you know, like everyone associated Grey Eye, you're still here. Yeah, hey. yeah. Um, and you're our, uh, you're on our year two, Right to Play. Aye. Which you said uh, you were the first lot that we worked with outside London, and it. We were fucking chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you, were you going to reword that then? I was thinking about it. Yeah, but I just thought it was best face. to like yeah. let you do it. Um, so Jackie, what was it like being on Right to Play? Well, I didn't know what it was. Like I just stabbed my leg off, and so I was full of morphine and trauma. And everyone in the world, like, as soon as you have your leg off, everyone's like, go for this thing, because it's disabled and you're disabled. So then I went for it, and then I was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And did, uh, did you ever see yourself as a playwright? Had you written plays before? What no. was your focus before that? I'd written a play in school where um, it was like a little competition, and yeah, it had to be about bullying. And at the end, the um, bully hung himself. That's sort of like a little, like a kid's play. Um, but that was, that was all. I'd written, I would, I'd been a poet for ages, mm. but um, like playwriting felt a little bit la da you know, like a bit, it wasn't very council estate for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wasn't that sure about it. Okay. And then it was doing it, so you, you crack on, don't you? Yeah, yeah, get on and do it. And it was, was it through that kind of right to play that Cosmic Scallies came about? Or yeah. was that a separate sort of... Idea. No, that was well. They made they made me do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the whip out like right, yeah. right, because that that's what we do here. Yeah, it was homework, and they said write a play, and I didn't really know what that meant, so I sort of wrote a thing, mm-hmm. and they were like, that's not really a play. Mm-hmm. So I kept going and kept doing it, and then eventually it was Cosmic Scallies. 
Brilliant. And that was uh, a Grey Eye and Royal Exchange Theatre sort of co-pro, uh, directed by Amit Sharma. And that was taken up to the Edinburgh Fringe as part of, like, the Northern Stage uh, uh, collaboration season, season wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, and it had great, got great reviews and great audiences. Zengi likes it, didn't she? What was her name? Emma What's Thompson. Emma Thompson. She's it. a fan. You need to get her quote on your website now. Yeah. That's, that's it. That, that's there. What she would, is it there? Yeah, what did she say? She said, oh, that's Jackie Hagen, she's boss, something like that. There you go. That's all you need. <laughs> that was it, yeah. Emma Thompson. Jackie Hagen, defo boss. <laughs> Emma, yeah, that was it, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's, that's just kind of right to play kind of helped you become... Uh, like I, I a, think... bit, a bit more sort of uh, proper, I mm-hmm. guess, a bit more London-y okay. and stuff. I was like, because I've been knocking about for a while before that, doing like comedy and poetry and stuff, but... Yeah, it sort of gave me a bit of a leg up. Oh my god, that's not meant to be a joke. That's not like I don't, I don't like. I'm not anti. I've got one leg. Everyone, by the way, because they can't see me, can they? But um, yeah, like I'm not like anti leg puns because it's leg things. It's because I'm anti shit puns. That's what I'm anti. But yeah, anyway, go on. So it gave you. Uh, it helped you, as you say, get into the kind of London scene. So it, did it help open other doors? To yeah, I think so. You don't know what's cause and what, do you, sometimes? No. Because um, a lot was happening because uh, people just loved the whole me having me leg off thing because I'd done the whole, like, <laughs> I'd sort of not... I don't know what the word is for, like, when you live tweet something but on Facebook. Did you it's live like, tweet uh, your leg? Coming yeah, off? yeah, yeah. I was wow. not coming off. Like, yeah, that's like drawing metal. it like that. <laughs> Yeah. But like the whole thing, because it was a, we thought we didn't know what was wrong with us and that, so that got a lot of attention. And then I did toward the some people have too many legs show, mm-hmm. so that was getting lots of attention. And then Cosmic Skies was sort of straight after, so it was all going on. So yeah, it just it threw me up into the world of like doing solo shows and mm-hmm. just doing hour long things instead of like ten minute things, you know. Kind of pushing you that way and as a writer more, to fill those more money. So yeah. it's like then you can sort of do stuff full time and take it more seriously and yeah, become yeah. more focused on it and understand what the kind of yeah the stories are. And it's just the ego, isn't it? It's like you sort of get validated, don't you, by people going, "Well, that was good," mm-hmm. and then you you do more of it. That's the way the world works. That is the way the world works. I think what I loved about Cosmic Scal is the the, um, the the two characters, the voices that they brought. That was something that's not. I don't think is is there much in kind of the British theatre scene. Yeah, just like normal council yeah. estate voices, not yeah. being like, oh, I'm on a council estate. I've got to go to the factory now. Like just like normal, like what you normally talk like. And being funny and being dark at the same time, because yeah. people think that if you're being funny, then you're not taking something seriously. But it's like, actually, it's harder to be funny about something serious than it is to be serious about something serious. So, like, yeah. I, I can't like people are good at that. Yeah. Oppressed people are good at yeah. that, I reckon. And, and I think that it, they, it's about them being perfectly rounded characters, and we were laughing yeah. with them, not at them. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I think can be quite apparent in some plays that we feel we go and see, well, you know, pe- people are seen as inspiration for what they're uh, going yeah. through. And sometimes that's how disabled characters are portrayed as oh, well. Oh, so much, yeah. Whereas in your in Cosmic Scallies, it was, we were really with those people And it's not journey. like you're trying to, like, oh, I'm trying to normalise the disabled council estate experience. I'm not trying to normalise it. It just is normal to me, mm-hmm. so I'm writing about it in a normal way. So, yeah. And I think that's what you do brilliantly in your work 
as well as in like whether that is cosmic skellies or whether that's you as a person yeah you're not making a big song and dance about it no or it's because in storytelling isn't it if someone is like not the default person which is like you know white able-bodied like straight fella then it's it becomes a part of the story doesn't it yeah that's like then it's we all know that that means oh this is happening now get into comedy then was it after having your leg off or before that no it was before that um scouse is just it's the way we talk isn't it but um it was from the same moment because i did poetry because i went mad because i went to university and university is shit um if you like little council estate kids and you don't when you go to like a posh place and you don't realize so i went um went mad and started doing poetry because that's the natural next thing in it and then realised that I preferred the gabbing in between poems and that's when so how, started doing comedy. Comedy with spoken word or how did it work or was it just complete no, stand up? Well that's just fucking anything where someone would give me a microphone I'd have a crack like. But um yeah so I'd do stand up sometimes and poetry. Yeah. Have you ever had any gigs where it's just gone, like... Fucking fucking shit. shit. Yeah, of course, yeah, because I'm weird. It's not like I'm... Because you've got to do... Right, so I've got quite a lot of, like, the oh factor. Like, even before I had my leg off. Are you doing the faces if you don't know what (laughs) I'm on about? Yeah, like, why why did you have the art? Why why did you have the art factor? Because, right, so even before I was, like, like physically disabled, um, because I was hanging around with, like, quite a lot of posh people, because like the arts and people were like oh council estate oh okay, you went see, to a yeah. shit school oh you went to blackpool as a kid or whatever so that like little you know that T- sing song the yeah, yeah tilt okay. of your head so there's a lot of our factor going on so comedy's good at getting rid of that isn't it it's good mm-hmm. at sort of going yeah look you don't have to look after me um and it's good at like getting away like the vulnerability and comedy is like the opposite of embarrassment isn't it like everyone's embarrassed about everything in the world people are embarrassed of like owning an arsehole aren't they like you can't walk down the street with like your arm in the air or something like you can't walk through Liverpool with a cardboard box without someone like three people going like cardboard box at you like you can't Stay do anything in the can you <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can't do nothing in the world um, like because otherwise oh my god it might be weird um, so everyone's like living these weird tight rules it always feels like Jane Austen times where everyone's knocking about with mm. a hat on when they don't need to wear a hat like it just feels like we were living these mad tight rules so comedy is the opposite of that because it's like going okay i see what your boundaries are and i can you know joke about them um and also don't worry about it that mm. i'm off a council estate and i've got one leg you know i'll sort it out for you but without being too fluffy so yes yeah, so that's why i have shit gigs because i'm not like i'm not really fluffy or uh cliche and people sometimes crave a little bit of cliche don't they because it's safe mm. and i'm not happy to give them any of that um like you've got to make the audience halfway haven't you because otherwise you just fucking do it in, into a vacuum yeah but like um yeah it's all odds doing taking my leg off and mates doing stump puppetry and weird shit like that um but you know it's just the the horror of being a cliche isn't it so yeah yeah in answer to that yes i have had shit gigs <laughs> <laughs> i want to go back to stump puppetry yeah so you do that during your gigs mm. 
Is that when the gigs just you felt like the gigs are going bad, or you just do it anyway? It was just felt like the natural thing to do as soon as I got a stump. Um, when the gigs are going bad, you put you pull the stump up and a little puppet. Do you know what? Yeah, I really do. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, sometimes I do it like quite, you know, poetically, and it's like everyone's all, you know, inspired. And then sometimes I do it in like a rough sort of working man's club in a very different tone. But it still works, doesn't it? Because you're fucking making a stump talk, so it's funny. Mm. So um, it's sort of normalising something, but in a in a weird way. In a way that's like authentic to me. Um, and it's good. And you can, you know, give prizes, celebrity stumps. You can play a game and, like, yeah, give how, away how Frey does, Bentos pies. So how do you play celebrity stump? Do people have to guess which celebrity the stump yeah. belongs to? No, 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 no. My my um, stump dressed up. My stump's got oh, like yeah. a. Um, it didn't. It didn't heal properly, and so it's got like what looks like a miserable gob on it. So I dress up as different celebrities. You guess the celebrity. If you get it right, you get a fro bentos pie. If you're a fucking vegan, then I've got a vegan option because I've given into peer pressure from doing you stuff in London. So what are your hour long shows? What, what are you, they? Yeah. Um, so I did, so the first one was that some people have too many legs. So that was about, like, I wrote that when um, a lot of the stuff that I've done, I haven't known what's going on and I've just cracked on and gone, all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I won this commission. I didn't really know much about what solo shows were. And I was going to do this show about, like, not being a proper person because I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? And so I was going to get, like, each um, each audience to say, like, sort of could do to, you know, like, go and get my teeth fixed or stop smoking, learn to swim, whatever the fuck. Um, but then um, all of a sudden I was in the hospital and my leg off, so I wrote the leg show instead, some people have too many legs. And that was, like, a bit fluffy, though. It was, like, I'd only just... I hadn't come... I didn't even know about disability arts scenes. didn't have a clue. Mm. I was just, like... Right, well, this is in, this is a spectacle. Like, let's write about this, um, and so it was just. I mean, it wasn't that fluffy. I've read it back, and I'm like, actually, it's a bit hard. Ash, you know, it was like for thirteen and up, and I was giving them quite a lot to deal with. Um, but it was like, oh, where's the amputation scene? Um, so let's have some bubbles and a fucking unicorn and mm. all that. And afterwards, I was a bit like, oh yeah, let's stop being such a you know, stop trying to make disability so lovely for the, you know, yeah, the nice yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the next show was less nice and was, like, more... Not, like, kicking off or nothing, but just, like, this voice instead of this voice, you know? What was that show called? So that's one... I'm still touring it now. This is not a safe, this is not a safe space. Mm. And that's about, like, disability in class. And it's... Uh, went some, it's, like... Benefit Street and fucking Undateables and all that sort of mm. shite. You know, like, I started looking out. Um, like, once I'd gone, like, oh, fucking hell, I'm disabled, actually. This is really happening. I was like, right, let's have a look on telly to see, like, what disabled people are like. And it's like, you're allowed to be a villain. Um, like, Dar- do you know Darth Vader's got um, no legs? Really? Yes. Okay. You, I haven't seen it. You, McGregor, cut them off. Um, but yeah uh, so you can be like a villain can't you or you can be a Paralympian or you can be crying into your own grayscale face <laughs> so I was like I can't be any of that I'm too nice to be a villain like I'm too fucking like I'm not you're not, um, I'm, not I'm not a Paralympian I'm not about to do any PA 
or like even walk so I'm all about the Ubers like um so yeah so um I thought well that's all pissed me off so let's do a show where a show disabled like council estate people as real people who are you know it was just sort of the same aim, isn't it, as Cosmic Scallies, I guess. But I had, but more pointed because I started looking at the world and going like, well, this is all fucked. And uh, and what's been the reaction to but that? But it's still comedy, actually, but it's just angry comedy. Mm. But it works better now because everyone's, ang- well, everyone's like worried, aren't they? So like frustration comedy at the moment just like chimes a bit better because everyone's frustrated. You know, so it's not so much like Jack D getting a cop on about a fucking Mars bar rapper. It's like, look at the state of the world. And everyone's like, yeah, we're worried as well. So, and then it's like, because comedy is like, you build up the tension and you break the tension, don't you? But the tension's already there, like in the world. So, you, you know. So going back on that, you talk about you had not really uh, any experience of disability arts. How did you get into disability art scene? Just making that leap, because I think it's always an interesting one when yeah. you do become disabled, to kind of finding other people, finding your tribe in a weird way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To then realising there is a scene and that scene has gone on for years. Yeah. How do I find my place in that? And it's nice finding out the history, isn't it? Yeah. Like, stand it's on the, the same as a giant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the same as, like, when you find out your queer history and stuff, isn't it, as a kid and all that. Yeah, so out of the fines, I was, everyone just started bombarding me as soon as I had my leg off. You like art, you're disabled, here's some information. When you say everyone, is that like mates or people that you'd work with? No, because it's I'd live Facebooked it, okay. the world was talking to me. Okay. Um, then I was suddenly carrying on these conversations with like thousands of people. Um, and yeah, so everyone was sort of bombarding me with that. And I was a bit like, I just want to do my own thing, you know, but you know, always wanting to usurp expectations. But I think it's interesting, is that. It's that coming to terms with being disabled. Mm, it's one being scared of being a token, isn't it? Because yeah, there's a lot of it about, especially yeah. when you haven't seen much art stuff. So it's like you see telly and it's like a fucking. I don't belong like, there. An amputee. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to be an amputee getting up in an advert yeah. for perfume or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah, <laughs> so I didn't want to be any, be any of them things. So, yeah, you've got to go through that and, and figure out a way of making things funny without people laughing at you. Which is hard, it's, you know, so only very incredibly clever people like us can do it. I I think so, indeed. Um, And I think the whole thing sometimes making disability funny as well. Yeah, it's dodgy, you've got to be, you've got to... think two things will go together, well, you do if you're disabled. Yeah. But you kind of wonder how the the kind of non-disabled world will ever view that. Yeah. And it's always like, what audience are you talking to? Mm -hmm. Like, because with the Safe Space show... It's like, um, sometimes I've got, because you do it all over, don't you? So sometimes you've got like a load of like able-bodied, like middle-class people in. So when you're talking to them, it's like, you're saying the same fucking words, but you're just saying it in a very different way and things get different laughs. And then it's easy when you, you know, that when you're there, like you're waiting, you know, everyone's coming in and you hear some wheelchairs, you just go off. Oh, this is going to be good. It's going to yeah. be fine. Everyone will get what I'm on about and it'll be bolstering. And people are like, well, you're preaching to the converters. Yeah. Yeah, good like that's you know you need that and like that happens in poetry quite a lot because you need to bolster people because life's hard enough isn't it so i think all that yeah that's but, good but that that's interesting is it where people go oh you're preaching to the converted you could say that about any comedian mm. that gets up on stage or you know sarah millican or whatever you know 
talking to a room full of women about, you know, yeah. being a bit overweight or whatever. Eating trifle with your hands yeah, in the car. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? And it, but it's 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 amazing because it's it's a release for everyone to go, you know, oh, I thought that was just me that did that. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think where where are our big disabled comedians? That are there on stage going, this is how life is, and we all recognise that. Yeah. And and in a way have a permission to laugh about it as well. Yeah, but as soon as you're disabled or as soon as you whatever like thing it is when you just you get on stage and people are like, Oh straight away, oh it's a woman or whatever wherever yeah. you are, you suddenly in charge of the whole world. You've suddenly got to change the world, haven't yeah. you? Rather than just be funny. So that kind of went in the early days when I was like, Oh, I'm not gonna talk about having one leg um like that sort of it was too much pressure and I was like, I don't know what I'm on about. So sure. Whereas to now I feel like I do know yeah. what I'm on about. Too much pressure to not talk about. Too much pressure to save the world. And we've worked together. Yeah. How? Let's talk about how that came about. Contact commission. Oh, did it come about? Um, yeah. Because you're Manchester-based now, aren't you? I now live in Pubble on the Mould. Yeah. And that I'm creating a um, council estate scene there. So how? Did, oh yeah. yeah. So contact. So I've contact, contact for ages. Contact theatre in Manchester. If people didn't know about it. Yeah. They call them just They just call themselves Contact now, not Contact Theatre. Um, but they are a theatre. Yeah. Theatre being renovated. Um. And they work primarily with kind of uh, young people. Young people, yeah. They put, like, young people at the centre, don't they? They give young people the choices. And because I wear pigtails, I get away with them thinking that I'm still a young person. So they commissioned you to write a Christmas Kids show? Kids show, yeah, Christmas show. And I was like, yeah, I'll do a Christmas show because they wanted it to be, like, not too, you know, piously arty. They wanted it to be, like, quite, um, I don't know, you know, I've got a Gogglebox vibe, haven't I? Yeah. I've got a Coronation Street vibe. So they wanted it to be sort of unabashedly... Uh, I'm happy to go sort of cheesy without being horrendous. Without being horrendously cheesy. Yeah. And so they wanted that, and then I was like, yeah, I can definitely do that. And then I was like, can we like not mention Christmas at all? Because that's like a little bit, uh, you know, like excluding people. They were like, mmm. You have to get it in once like, or twice. Can we, can we have, yeah. Can I have, um, everyone needs to be able to do BSL, mmm. But they did let us have pretty much everything we wanted, didn't they? Like, yeah. we were really demanding, but that's what you've got to be. It was great, and we, we got together and we kind of chatted about it. We had many days in your flat uh, with pieces of flip chart oh, yeah. paper pens making up bear puns making up bear puns because <laughs> the the show it's the forest of forgotten discos which is at hope mill theatre last christmas um yeah and, and it was we we spent many days drinking large copious amounts of coffee yeah highlighter pens yeah. oh yeah i wanted to be it to be like about immigration and taxes at one point didn't I? <laughs> yeah. for, for five-year-olds yeah um yeah and we kind of moved away from that and, then, <laughs> and we did some kind of research and development with a couple of actors and this idea of a kind of disco ball evolved didn't it yeah out of being like a beacon of power yeah um and then we spent three weeks in a room all of us with the actors you'd written a uh, a, oh, a kind of script. second third yeah. draft of it and i think as we got through those three week of rehearsals we got up to like draft 11 didn't we yeah 
It was a kind of a new draft every day. Yeah. But it was it was brilliant. And and I think what you did was you bought That's characters. how Cosmic Scout, that's how everything I've written yeah, has been. I just, but that's uh, new writing, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and having the writer in the room and being able... What you do brilliantly is you respond to the actors in the room and those people that we've brought together. Yeah. And we had, we were good, like, we had funny actors we, yeah, as well, coming actors. up with funny stuff, like, in the room, ideas that you can then nick... That's I mean, good. I mean, they have to be brilliant actors and f- and up for being creative when they know they're going to play a character called Bear Minimum, Bear Hugs, Bear Grills, Alexa, and <laughs> yeah. Red. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, and power and everything through farts and stuff. Yeah, and a lot of fart action. Kids like farts. They love farts. Yeah. And then, of course, because we wanted to make it accessible. It was yeah. like, how do we... Our best production meeting ever was, how do we make farts accessible to deaf young people yeah. and audiences? Um, that, and I think we got there. I'd love to add smell in next. Yeah. We, well, we that's the obvious again. one, isn't yeah. it, in the real world? But, uh, yeah. but How was that for you, writing for that younger audience? And, and being able yeah, to keep comedy well, in it. Yeah, it was good. Well, I've carried on doing kids' stuff now, haven't I? Yeah. Because um, I never really intended to. It was just a commission, wasn't it? And um, and I've not got kids myself and stuff. But I'm, you know, idiotic in my own brain. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just tapping into that bit, isn't it? And it's just being... It's it's just... It's humour's humour, isn't it? And if anything, kids are better at humour because they don't overcomplicate it. You know, we overcomplicate things as we get older, don't we? And kids, you can just be... It's its sort of getting to the core of humour, isn't yeah. it? Which is being daft because the, the world is absurd. So you're just daft, really. Yeah, and I think what was beautiful with Forest of Forgotten Discos was, you know, you introduced me to the word bum dot. Bum dot, wonderful word. Where did that come from? When I was a kid. If I, was re- I was really anti-swearing as a kid. And, really? Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I had little uh, signs around my room and everything. Um, and so if I was really, really angry, if I was re- fucking fuming, then you'd get bum dots would come out. You bum dot! And also, never would I think in a, in a, in a kid's show we would have bears with baskets on their bums playing a game called Out the Sprout and yeah. having kids with buckets trying to pick up the sprouts. Me shouting Out the Sprout yeah. and pretend German. In German. Yeah. Both of us Out the oh, Sprout. Oh, it was crackers, wasn't it? That it show? You forget once you're in it. It just goes more and more crackers, doesn't it? I remember it me and you, you had, you'd been away whilst we got, got it in because I think you were in hospital yeah. and we got into previews and then you turned up for press night and we both watched it <laughs> and at one point you <laughs> leaned over to me and you went, this is absolute bonkers, what have we done? <laughs> yeah, it was, off the set. Yeah, because you hadn't seen but loads it. Of, yeah, exactly, I'd been away from it for a second, yeah. But people who went, like, were, that was... Because Cosmic Scallions, people went to see it who knew me and my work and everything. They were like, oh, it seems like a little bit watered down. And that, I think that was because I was trying to be theatre, you know, mm. rather than, like, just doing what be you do, yeah. being authentic. And then they went to see the kids' show and they were like, yeah, that was just, like, coming around to your house. So... <laughs> I think most of the set was from your house. Yeah, yeah, it looked like the living room. So that was good. It's all, it takes a while, doesn't it, to sort of, like, calm down and stop being yourself and shout 
sprout out the sprout out the in sprout. German yeah and um, and oh, tell us what else you're doing now like work for young people oh, doing yeah. fantabulosa yeah so I've joined a drag troupe well I got really sick at the start of this year I was in hospital for fucking ages at the start of this year and I was like oh because I am like really sick and so um, do you mean sick as in like the herald fat. sick yeah wicked, wicked sick, sick. backstreet <laughs> wits um, and so yeah so I was like oh right am I gonna Poorly sick. Um, at the start of the... Oh, yeah, so I was like, all oh, right, because I do fancy pants writing, I could just, like, sit at home and do that. But it's... Or, or co- it was like, right, let's go big or go home. So I joined a drag troupe instead of lying on the couch or lying in a sanatorium for the rest of my days. Um, so your fancy me... pants doing your writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With me hat on. Let's bring You're the full circle. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I joined a drag troupe, so my drag name is Freya Bentos, and, um, obvs, and it's, a, uh, it's called Fantabulosa! Mark, and it's a drag show for three to eight-year-olds. Well, it's aimed at, like, three to eight-year-olds, but everyone, you know, it's, it's genuinely adults, you know, love it and stuff. And it's like, we go and do it in... Um, it's Ticker Tape who do it um, Adam Carver's the director and uh, we're going to do it in like public places so a lot of it's like festivals and stuff I saw it briefly at Greenwich and Docklands this weekend and like, oh, I yeah. love the kind of spectacle of it and the enjoyment of those young people that are the maze they're, they're watching the it. they yeah, love it yeah, yeah. and there was one little girl following the uh, one of the performers after just shouting like <laughs> I love you <laughs> As yeah. they were like leaving the performance area. Oh. It's just beautiful to see. Yeah, yeah. If I would have saw that when I was a little kid, I would have been made up. It would have like, yeah. and also it would have meant, because it is, it, it is about like gender and sexuality, and people are like, oh, you shouldn't be teaching that to three year olds. Like, piss off. Because we we teach that to them anyway yeah. by going, Pink oh, is blue. this your boyfriend? Yeah. And, you know, this is, oh, mummy and daddy are together. Well, then, you know, oh, so that's, that's my argument against that. It's just piss off but um yeah so if i would have seen that i reckon it would have like meant blew that mind, yeah. blew my mind but also maybe my teenage years wouldn't have been so shit because i'd be like ah right there is a there are people like me in the world yeah in it, i can really. go i can, I can find do what I, want. I probably would have run away to london to find it but you know or a sequin shop but yeah it's good it's from um, like drag queen story time it's from that which is happening all over the place um, but this is like an extravaganza version of that. There's games and stuff and there's all sorts. It's really... And it's quite emotional too. Is it? Yeah, it is. Sort of, yeah, it's lovely. Have you got any advice? Because you... Have we got any advice? Yeah, have you any advice for anyone getting into comedy? And we've kind of focused, you know, all of this podcast around comedy or theatre writing, poetry. I have got advice. What was I got a big cob on about about comedy the other day. It's people making lazy jokes. Right, so when you first get into it, of course you're insecure and of course you're scared. That's the point of doing a new thing, isn't it? And so I think that's when people make sort of offensive jokes that they don't mean that it's just lazy because you think that's what the audience wants. So don't do that. Um, and I think I did a bit of that at the start as well. Um, do you think that's finding your your way, finding your audience? Yeah, it's like figuring the out the version of what meeting the audience halfway means. And it doesn't mean be a horrible twat to them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just think about the fact that you have got... Even if there's only 10 people in the room, you have got a platform and you are like... You know, just just think, just sit down and think about it a bit. 
and uh, and get your stump house because everyone loves it. Everyone loves a stump. <laughs> everyone loves a stump. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Think about it. Get your stump out. Yeah. That's the best advice. <laughs> I know that on a t-shirt. Um, well, thank you very much, Jackie, for coming in this thank morning. Thank you very much, Nikki. Visit greyeye.org and disabilityarts.online for details of productions, events, interviews, opinions, reviews and learning opportunities.